podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 22, heavy football podcast today, loaded with content, so let's give you the rundown. We're going to start with Nick Broker from Ole Miss ahead of the Egg Bowl on Thursday night. Then we'll get Edgy Tim's take on the 3A and 4A state championship games on Friday. He talks Providence Catholic and IC Catholic, SHG and Williamsville playing for state titles and finally, our main guest this week, we get a solid 40 minutes of football talk with Derek Leonard. Now, let's get to six minutes with Sauce before we talk about the past week. Thanks to Andrew Harvey of Country Financial, we get to talk with one of the best college linemen in the country. Here's SHE graduate Nick Broker. All right, we're checking in with six minutes with Sauce. It's time to talk to Nick Broker. Thanks to Andrew Harvey of Country Financial. Nick, it's been a, a tough couple weeks for the Rebels. So first of all, how do you guys kind of prepare for this week knowing, I mean, you kind of been through it the last couple weeks? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's kind of unique for us to come up back-to-back losses, but, you know, we know this is such a big game for us and it's such a big rivalry. It means so much that uh, I think we'll be ready. Is there a game that means more on the schedule to the people of Oxford than this one? No, not at all. Not at all. And so, leading into that, can you kind of feel the energy change in the locker room even coming off of two losses? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it always means a little bit more when you're playing state, so uh, it means a lot to play this game. And for you personally, um, you've been through this rivalry. You know what it is. You you know what the passion is. Um, to say that this is the last one, what does that mean to you? It means a lot. You know, it's something I'll definitely remember forever. I'm going to come out a winner or loser on Thursday, and that's what will kind of sit with me for the rest of my, my life. So, uh, you know, definitely can do whatever it takes to go one and on Thursday. To say that you're playing on Thanksgiving um, in prime time when you know everyone's going to be watching, uh, what is that opportunity like? Yeah, I mean, it's what you live for. It, again, you know, I talk about a lot. It's why you come to Ole Miss. It's why you want to play in this league and play in these games and play meaningful football in November. Um, so much so much swirling in the last couple of days in terms of, you know, just rumors and things happening. How do you guys kind of take that in and respond to that? I mean, we always talk about pro mindset here, and that's just something we just focus on whatever it takes to win. And, you know, we kind of let the outside noise be the outside noise. You know, in between the doors when we're um, in meetings, practicing, watching film, all that stuff, you know, that's all we're focused on. And you... You know, just the task at hand. Yeah, and you as a senior, do you feel like you have to kind of be that leader in the locker room now when, when things like this happen? Yeah, definitely. And we've been really fortunate. We've had a really good group of guys, that not just me, that we can um, kind of, you know, talk about things and let everybody know, you know, we need to stay on track and stay focused up for, for what's about to come. Outside of the weather, what do you take away from last week's game in Arkansas and just kind of what, what you learned from that? Uh, I mean, I think it was good. You know, it's one of those deals that kind of sucks to lose as a senior, but I think for some of the younger guys, it's a really great learning experience. Um, I think we kind of had some bad mindset that we were just going to win because of, you know, we played Bama super close and that's just not how this league works. Everybody has a really good team and you have to be able to, ready to play every Saturday. And we had two touchdowns called back due to penalties. Um, turned the ball over three times and they scored three times on those. Bet another penalty in the goal line. We didn't score on that drive. You know, it was a lot of self-inflicted things that, um, you know, are really good for us to learn from. So uh, just hoping we can grow from that. Right, and, and I think the biggest thing you said is just kind of learn because, like you said, you guys were able to do some good things, and you can see that the potential is there. Like you said, the week before, you're a touchdown away from beating Bama. Um, you put up so many yards against Arkansas that, I mean, 
yeah, in terms of the playoffs, it, it doesn't look great, but you guys are still one of the best teams in the country, you have to feel like. Yeah, I think, you know, against any team, we really trust us. Um, doesn't matter if we're playing, you know, a team like Alabama, play, we, we play Georgia, um, so we played Ohio State, Michigan, whomever, you know, we'll be ready to play. Um, we know that, and we're, we got really good coaches, we got a really good team, and we're all bought in, so... From that standpoint, I think, you know, if you put us against anybody, we'd be, we'd be ready and we'd be competing. You were obviously very busy last week. Have you gotten a chance to check out the highlights from the Leonard Bowl semifinal edition? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Matt Brent Eisen was there, so he was texting me right when I got done with meetings uh, the whole time. That was just wild to hear about. <laughs> I mean, to, to come back from down 28 in the first half, um, and then, I mean, down 41 or forty two twenty one, um, I a lot of people talk about this SHG team and how special they are, but I mean I think you can give us a kind of an insight of, you know, you guys are never out of those games and you feel like with especially with that coaching staff, you can win any game no matter what. Yeah, I think that's just, there's kind of a, a sense of being that gold helmet that whenever you take the field you can win and you're never out of any game. Like you said, I mean there's so many weapons on that team. Um, from the quarterback, uh you know, you got Keyshawn, uh, like I said, lots of really good players. You got Keyshawn, Jake, and um, they can run the ball well. They got to go to the line, you know. From that standpoint, you know, they're always going to have good players, good skill players, and Coach Al does a great job calling the offense. And, you know, they came together and they kind of they fought for it, you know. I think that's, you know, it's a big win, but I think those are, like, great life lessons to, you know, they were able to fight back and take it. As you look at Ken Leonard's career, as a former player and see that this is going to be his 500th game coached and he gets a chance to win a state title against the team that beat him in the first time that he played a state title. I mean, could you write a movie script any better? No. I mean, honestly, any of this stuff, you can't. I mean, from getting the record to Rochester my senior year when we had uh, the Bears game of the week and it was against Derek and now to where he's at now it's just unbelievable it's just super remarkable and he deserves it all I think that's like one thing he doesn't really get enough credit for he has so much success but he really deserves it all because of just the man he is and the person he is for the kids playing on the field on Friday night for the last time for a state championship they played in 28 games in the last two years played for a state championship twice um, and they just they're expected to win when you when you wear that gold helmet what advice would you give these guys going into Friday I would say the, the, you know it's still the same game as any other game you know um, it's a game you've played your whole life and you know from a standpoint you don't really want to get caught up and you know we're playing it are they playing at U of I this year yes you don't want to get caught up and or playing on the Illini field or this is it you know just have fun with all the guys because high school football's you know, one of those times, I mean, a lot of those guys you played with have been the same guys you played with since, you know, maybe five, six years old or middle school, however old you were. So you kind of go through a lot with those guys. So I think just enjoy that and do whatever it takes to win. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. Good luck on Thursday. We'll definitely be watching. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks to Nick for the time and to Andrew Harvey of Country Financial for being the sponsor of that segment. Now, what did we see last week? The big game on Friday night, the final Leonard Bowl in the 4A semifinal. What a game it was. We talk about that with Edgy and Derek. So I'll leave that one alone for a minute. On Saturday, I saw an impressive Tri-Valley team run out the clock on Morel Forsyth's season. A great year for Josh Joseph, playing in a semifinal and winning the conference. The end of an era as Aiden Riser will finally graduate and every Sagamo coach rejoices. 
but they also wish that Caden Maurer would go with him. Maroa, a ton of talent coming back. Speaking of the Sagamo, Williamsville gets it done on defense on Saturday and goes back to the state championship. Second time in the past four seasons. They won it all in 2019, and as the underdog this year, don't be surprised if they are in this game. Aaron Coons is as good as it gets, and he will have his guys ready. Speaking of football, let's get to our special guest this week. A quick chat with Edgy Tim. Check out his stuff at edgytim.com. E-D-G-Y-T-I-M.com. Arrivals original website. Here is Edgy Tim. All right, we're now checking in with the great Edgy Tim of the Rivals and of all things high school football to talk about the 3A and 4A state championships coming up because I feel like if anybody knows what to expect from SHG and Williamsville's opponent, it's you. So, first of all, how are you doing? Have you recovered from semifinal weekend? I have, but Derek, I don't know, man. That that was a couple of cold days. And, you know, I'll put it to you this way. It, it was cold Friday at Sacred Heart. It didn't get any warmer up here on Saturday. So, yeah, it took a little while to thaw out. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that's behind us for at least a week. How much did you enjoy your trip to Springfield on Friday and saw um, one of the best games of the year? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, there's a few things I can count on. Number one, I can count on seeing a, a really good game, and and you can always count on something strange happening. I don't know what it is. It's like every time I come down and see a game, and it, it doesn't even have to involve Sacred Heart or Rochester. Something strange happens, and, and, and in a fun way, though, and and that was definitely in a fun way, an amazing game, and uh, yeah, just um, great game, great atmosphere. Um, couldn't help but get get a little little trip down memory lane, think of all the different times I've been out to see Ken Leonard and, and watch him do his thing, and and just how enjoyable it's been watching both of them, watching their careers develop, and Kenny's obviously wrapping up it. Derek just kind of hitting the stride of his now, so it's uh, it was a good time, no doubt. Right, and that leads me right into the conversation about about Ken Leonard and the Foy State Championship to, yeah. to play in his 500th career game, um, or to coach in his 500th career game, and it to be against Providence Catholic. I mean, you can't write a movie script any better than this. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did find the irony in a lot of it for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. It, how strange is it to wind up on that that just even round number? Right, <laughs> it's just, right. It's just bizarre and, and and very cool at the same time. And, you know, I, this is one of those games that that I just I just scratch my head over a little bit, and I'm like, you know, I really like Sacred Heart. Man, they they do a lot of things good. You saw their explosiveness once they get going. And, you know, but then I look on the other side and I think, man, they give up 28 first first half points, and you know, Rochester really ran the ball on them, and you know, Providence can run the ball, and 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 if you had to ask me to nail down a key starter for Providence, Derek, honestly, I don't think I could do it. Right. I mean, it's they are they are that that little engine that could that team that you know fought their way, got into five wins, and let's face it, they're. They're challenged in the Catholic League every year. There's no doubt. Their schedule's very tough. They're, they've just been a very scrappy, very resilient team, and, and a team that has found a way to get it done. So it, it's going to be a really interesting game, I think, on Friday night before a final, no doubt about it. I think you probably went into the 4A State Championship last year knowing what Joliet Catholic was, and yeah. that was just a dominant performance. And, you know, this SHG team has just been on a mission since then with returning, I mean, most of their guys back. So, you know, 
I'm not asking you to set a line, but I mean, would SH, would SHG necessarily be um, a favorite in this one? Do you think? Wait, can we do that yet, or is that is that legal? I don't know. I mean, we I might get in some trouble. We might get in some trouble there. So Derek Paris for DraftKings. <laughs> awesome, but uh, no, I don't think we can do that yet. But no, I mean, you know, it, it is. It's 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 ironic that now the shoes on your foot. Where last year it was JCA's year and. You saw what they had, and they had a senior-dominated team with a lot of talent. Guess what? This year, you've got that team that went through all that experience the last couple of years, a senior-dominated roster. And let's face it, what's been impressive is it's beyond football with Sacred Heart. It's that basketball state championship. I watched that up ahead and up close, and a lot of those kids converted over to football. And, and you just, I, I truly believe in, you know, success breeds success. And you know, those kids have just been on a mission in their high school career to finish it. Um, I said on playoff pairing night, I, I, I picked uh, Sacred Heart to make it. I picked Sacred Heart to win the state title game because I love good stories and good finishes. And I think this would be, couldn't ask for a better finish for Ken Leonard. Um, sure, the Providence fans might try to burn me out of my house, but that's okay. <laughs> um, um, I, I really think it's going to be hopefully for for Sacred Heart and for Kenny. It's a it's a fine fit uh, finish and to his uh, unbelievable career and to walk away with that state title. I, I I think it would make a lot of people not dressed in green feel pretty good on Saturday. Jumping back to the three A state championship, I think it's fair to say that I C Catholic is is the heavy favorite based on um, yeah. Williamsville. But you know this Williamsville team has just been. Uh, I mean, just kind of chugging along, like you said <laughs> about Providence Catholic. And so, um, what what can we expect from IC Catholic on on Friday? They're they're just they're really talented. I had a chance to see them, and, and I know Coach Kreft talked a lot about the uh, St. Francis game in Week Nine, and, and I was able to see that game, and it was easily one of the best games I saw all year. It was two teams that really knew each other. Um, I guarantee you Williamsville's gotten a lot off the scouting tapes of that game because both teams just kind of laid it out on the line. Any any tricks or, or, or you know tweaks that they had, they, they, they let it out. And um, I think what's dangerous about this IC team is, is you talk about Williamsville, and I know how well coached they are. And, and IC is, is, is just as well coached. That's a tremendous staff, and these kids are always well prepared. Um you know, Dennis Mandel is one of those kids. He's, you know, five foot ten, 160, 165 pounds as a quarterback, and he's only a junior, and he just does things well. I mean, he, you know, this, this team doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Um, they, they limit penalties. They don't turn the ball over a ton, and they got enough playmakers. Um, K.J. Parker is going to be a major Division One player. He's only a junior. He plays receiver and defensive back, and he can return kicks, and he's kind of that really quick athletic twitchy player that you know you just hope you limit his touches because the more involved he gets the more good things happen and you know it's uh you got a kid like denzel gibson who you know basically was their main running back all year and then i think got dinged up a little bit early in the playoffs and all of a sudden he's taking a back seat now and this Joey Giada comes out of nowhere as a junior running back has had a huge postseason for him and that's just the kind of team they are uh, Derek they're they're able to fill in and, and and they've got athletes all over the field and it's just a really really tough team and I mean you shut out Byron 35 to nothing you're a good team 
Right, and you talk about Williamsville and just the their discipline and their coaching staff. Um, they they don't like to give up a lot of points. So I mean, defensively, what will Williamsville kind of have to do, like you said, to kind of slow down those those multiple weapons that they have? Big plays. You, you just can't give up big plays of this team, and, and and they have the kids that are capable of making them. And you know, I guess the big chunk big chunk is the is the term the experts like now. But yeah, it's it's that you know you can. You can hold them first and second down, and then all of a sudden they'll get a 25-yard gain on third down. That, that's that's kind of what this IC offense is capable of. and um, They're going to throw a lot of different things at you, too. They'll throw a lot of different looks and formations, and they make it very hard for your defense to, to really kind of zone in and key in on one thing. You know, um, I know Williamsville generally mixes things up well, and, and that's exactly what this team does as well, too. They're very capable of either run or pass. Looking forward to a fun, fun Friday. Uh, we, I'm only going to be there on Friday, but I'm sure you'll be busy all weekend. So I appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to seeing you on Friday. Always good to see you guys. Keep up the uh, way above average work, okay? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Right, Thanks to Edgy Tim for his time. Go check out his work on Twitter, on Facebook, or the website. Great stuff, like I said. Now, this week, boys basketball kicked off, so I want to talk a little bit about that before we get to the big conversation with Derek Leonard. I got to see New Berlin and Pleasant Plains to start the week. Both will compete for a Sagamo Conference title this year, as well as the county title, of course. Pretzels return a lot from last year and have some go-to guys like Kevin Howell, Gannon Dodd, Lucas Bigsby, and Gavin Abbott. He was the big scorer on Monday. Pleasant Plains, winners of the Sagamo last year, return a lot of talent as well. Evan Hauser, Zach Powell, Cooper Schallenberg, Tristan Gleason. They were missing Nick Sabo, who broke his leg in football. Don't know if he'll be back in January or February. Something to keep an eye on, but the Cardinals look good on Tuesday. Now, we will have some basketball coming up on Saturday. It just depends on who's playing for what title in their holiday tournaments. Possibly, we will be in Decatur or New Berlin or Lincoln. We'll just have to see who's playing where and when. We do plan to get to Glenwood at Jacksonville on Saturday afternoon. Nothing better than basketball at the Bowl. And in case you forgot, Glenwood played in a sectional championship last season. So, I'm curious to see what Cody Kirkpatrick has back and what they will look like. Next Tuesday, we will kick off the Central State 8 basketball schedule. Sacred Heart Griffin, yeah, remember them? They won the state title last year in basketball. They are at Jacksonville playing at the Bowl on Tuesday night. MacArthur is at Glenwood. Both of those teams played for a sectional championship last year. Lamphere is at Rochester on Tuesday on the boys' side. Then on the girls' side, Rochester at Lamphere. Girls, that's always a great one. Also, next Wednesday, some early season wrestling to watch. Jacksonville and Hillsboro will travel to Petersburg to take on the Port of Blue Jays. Lot of talent in that gym on Wednesday night. We will also talk more about the showcase next Saturday, next week. But remember that the CS8 showcase is next Saturday, December 3rd at the BOS Center. All the Central State 8 teams playing in one gym on one day. You can buy one ticket and watch all of them. Also playing that day, Maroa versus Calvary and New Berlin versus Metro East Lutheran. It's all capped off by Lanfear versus Sacred Heart Griffin in the nightcap, so make sure to make no plans for next Saturday. All right, let's get to this week's guest. It's Derek Leonard. I don't think he needs an introduction. I'd like to welcome in Derek Leonard to the podcast this week. It's We might as well just change the name to the, the Download with DP and the Leonards because you got Brad last week and you this week. It's uh, If people don't like the Leonards for some reason, they're going to be sick of this podcast, but I, I think that's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you get a chance to listen to, to Brad last week at all? I listened to half of it, okay. yes, and for I, I forget. I, I listened to the first half. I know that. So first of all, is he feeling better? I know he didn't make it to the he's, game. On he's Friday. he's struggling. Yeah, yeah, he's he was. I think finally feeling a little better tonight. 
Yeah. Or last night, yeah. and uh, I think JP's still sick. Man, yeah. Yeah, it's been rough for him. I mean, probably a bummer that he didn't get to see that game on Friday. He was, yeah, no, I think he was kind of probably happy, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he he watched, I think he was so sick he fell asleep, he said, during half really? of it. So, yeah, yeah, that's how sick he was. Man, just, uh, just a crazy game. Uh, I mean, we, we talk a lot, and I feel like I don't try to be a prisoner of the moment and say, oh, my gosh, that was the best game I've ever seen and all this stuff. But, like, you know when guys like Sam and Tim are coming off of that game saying they've never seen anything like it, it's it's got to be up there. I mean, what what time did you get to bed on Friday night? Um, you probably were I went to bed. Yeah, I went to bed pretty soon. I did not have thank, – thankful for my mother. I have no trouble sleeping ever. Yeah. So um, – when I'm when I'm tired and I'm done, I can go to sleep at any time, you know. So I've been, that's I, that I'm lucky. Um, my aunt and uncle were in from Chicago. They they slept at the house, mm-hmm. so we had a little pizza, and so that was a little bit. And yeah. obviously, it always takes a little longer saying bye to all the seniors, and so you get home a little bit later than usual. I'd, I'd say twelve o'clock. Um, I was in bed ready to go though. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. What is the week after? the end look like for for you and for Rochester football in general yeah it's you know what it's one of the busiest weeks always because you have so much that you have to to get done you yeah. know you first you got man I gotta clean up the, the rooms and and uh, get all the equipment picked up then you gotta get the banquet ready um you want to talk to all your seniors you got to decide hey what we're we gonna do in the off season and um, especially with Thanksgiving and, and Christmas boom boom you know it kind of um man it really puts you in a tight Mm-hmm. Tight monthly squeeze. It, it's a so the next three end colleges, kids that want to play college. You know, man, now man, those guys are coming in. I had a few coming last week, and yeah, it, it's uh, so I would say for about two three weeks, it's it's really busy, and then it really slows down. Yeah. so I'm I'm excited for that. Time. Well, I appreciate you taking the time then this week. Cause, <laughs> oh no, you're right. Uh, I I figured. I mean, who better to to talk about not only this SEC team, but also just you know having two football teams playing for a state title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like you were a pretty good person to talk to in front of that, and you know we I did we didn't get a chance to t- to really chat and sit down and and go full length this season in terms of what you guys did. So um, I'm gonna start with Friday night because I mean that game I think people want people will be talking about that game for a while. Um, you you guys come out and go up 28 to nothing. Obviously that's the ideal goal, but did you see that happening? Like did you see that that was a possibility? Probably not. No, <laughs> you know, yeah, you didn't. I, I definitely uh, you you don't. You script it that way, but you don't think yeah. it's going to happen, you know. And, um, yeah, we just, man, kids came out and played awesome, you know, came out firing and came out ready. And um, we executed and, and um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it's you do that a hundred times. I don't know if that happens <laughs> even yeah. once, but it did. And, um, you know, give, give our kids a lot of credit because, they, man, they played hard. So And you had to shuffle some guys around the line. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that's a huge key to what how successful you were was being able to run the ball with Keaton, with Ian, with Nolan. Um, so how do you feel like that went on Friday with with the guys that had to step in and really um, gel right away? And it was awesome for the first. Like I said, Jake did a great job coming in as a sophomore. Really has you know he played JV ball the whole year and is a good player. He's going to be a great player, but man's a is a sophomore and to, to go into the first game that game and. Um, he played awesome, and it shows how. I mean, he really he loved Grant, and he wanted Grant to get another game. And man. I think, man, he that was his goal to hold. He kept telling everybody, "I just want Grant to play another game." And um, he played awesome. The the 
PG had never played really running back before. We had, we moved him to running back. Ian was and Ian's such a warrior, man. I, Ian's knee was banged up for the last three weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a shell athletically of what he has been. Um, but man, the kid toughed it out. Wouldn't let anyone sit him out. And, um, so for two and two and a half, three quarters, I thought it did, you know. But then it just. And it's just, like I said, there's some things on my end that I still, you know, because PG was playing running back, because we had so many moving pieces, right. when I tried to go back to some personnel stuff, we struggled because PG's thinking, oh, okay, am I a receiver running back? Am I fullbacks are all moved? Tight ends are switched spots because of Ian and... Man, it became a, it became um, it became hard, and, and that's on me. I didn't man. It's one of those is rare. You know, usually you have a Jacob DeRozier back there. Some kid right. you're just used to having. That doesn't mean you that count team. on twenty carries. I mean, and they're just there. You know, when you call this formation, yeah. that's your guy. Right, right. Where for the first time we we felt like we had to move PG there. Um, Ian was hurt, so man, when you start. Uh, it's hard to explain, but because when you take PG away from what he's used to, that means somebody else has to fill in there. Like so then, when we started getting, moving, when so we were just going, going yeah. you know, it was like, okay, do I go to receiver? Do I go to running back? And then Nolan, Nolan Morowski's thinking, hey, do I get come in at running back? And then yeah. the fullback's like, okay, am I a fullback or tight end for Ian now? And so, man, it was. Uh, and like I said, that's on me because I didn't. Um, you just didn't get to that point, and it's never really happened, and, and it won't happen again. Because um, I've, I've now that you hey sometimes it's like anything, until you've been through it, it you don't um, you, you don't uh, you don't expect it you don't you don't even think about it sometimes and uh, a lot of that was on me and so um, but we also hey we we did wear out I mean it was there's no question we got um, we got tired we had kept it was also a momentum game that's how scary they are in a quick period of time. Oh, yeah. And I knew it even up twenty eight zero. I said, "This is good. We just got to keep the ball. We got to keep, you know." And we just kind of wore down a little bit, and so it all. And then the onside they got, you know, um, the the fumble we had right after the interception. You know, it was like bang bang, and yeah. it just it, the momentum left and left fast. So you talk about PG and and what he was able to do. You know, I mean, just his growth throughout the season was tremendous, um, but. When, when you gave the look of, okay, who's getting the snap, whether it's PG or Keaton, um, you could tell SHG was a little thrown off by that. And, and that was something that obviously worked to start the game. Um, where did that idea kind of come from for you, and, and why did you feel like that would work? Um, or was it to keep a little bit of contact off of Keaton just because you knew you were going to have to rely on him? All those things. It was it was kind of um, just... We'd like to. I'd like to have Ian back there some, yeah. but I just we just felt he just wasn't at that. He definitely wasn't at that capability uh, of, and we got him a few carries. And the first carry he gets, he gets bent over backwards. You yeah. know, it's like God dang. And, and so we knew, kind of from an explosive standpoint, I needed someone back there with Keaton. And Nolan's done a great job. Nolan's, Nolan's great, but Nolan's also our starting outside linebacker, strong safety. So he has to play the whole whole time on defense. And so we just felt. And, and PG gives you a lot of other things. He he can still we can motion him out. He can catch it out of the backfield. He uh, it's like having two quarterbacks obviously throwing that double pass. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things. It was almost like having J- Jack and Hank back there together. But PG's so explosive, right? You know, um, 
so it was more necessity and uh, just what we felt it gave us. And then, um, you know, it just, unfortunately, he had never really, I mean, he's been quarterback. He's never really been a running back. And so, and a lot of the plays we did with him, you didn't know who was, who was the quarterback. He really was the quarterback. It was just running quarterback plays. And Keaton, and also, man, what a great lead fullback <laughs> Keaton is, you yeah. know, even though he's, <laughs> that's what he ended up being a lot of the time was just yeah. a fullback from back there at times. And, um, so just something, hey, we felt like we needed some big plays out of the run game. That's something we didn't get the first game. And, um, you know, we just felt like that that was maybe something we needed to add. So, um, I think she has a two-time All-Stater at linebacker and just so many different athletes with speed on that defense. How much do you, on offense, prepare for just what you have or prepare against what they have? That's a great question. You know, I think most of the time, I would say most of the games, even the big games, you have to you have to do what you do best. And we still had to do what we did best. There's some things, I don't want to give anybody too many things here no, early, fine. but <laughs> um, they're so good at certain spots that you have to adjust. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it'd, be, it'd be like um, in basketball – yeah, he's your guy, but man, if it's if it's the number one defender in the NBA, and you can't, you know, you got to screen, you got to, yeah. you know, there's certain things you have to do to help that person score. Well, that's the same thing in football. They they got they got some spots they are so good at that. Yeah, it's like man, we can't go there too many times. Uh-huh. And um, everyone in Springfield probably knows what you know. Athletically, they're they're special, and so. Yeah. Um, we we just knew there were some things both games. Now the good thing is our strength was the up front, the yeah. running game. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so our strength, I think. Um, and that's not saying that's their weakness. By no, no, but but that's want to make sure that's, that's your only chance. Yeah, yeah, that's your yeah. only chance. So eventually, and, and what's crazy is, and gosh, I love. I was just looking at the final stance, Chuck. First of all, Chuck does a great job. We have maybe the best stat guy oh, in man, America. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> when I get that on Sunday, it is it's like, crazy. This is so isn't it? Um, but the numbers he put up, I mean, I wouldn't have dreamed of him of of those being the numbers. I mean, it's crazy. I'm probably more proud of him than anybody ever uh, of what he accomplished this year and his. I mean, what we threw for, and, and I did not go in the year thinking that at all. Right. Um, I mean, not even close. And what he did, and I mean, and, and to throw what we did against him in this game, and man, I think we had two hundred. I think I looked at the sheet at halftime, and it was like two hundred fifty passes and a half. Right. And I'm thinking, oh my god, you know. Um, and I think the first seventeen plays were runs, <laughs> and so <laughs> it was like, uh, man, just just uh, yeah, you answer that game. So I, I'm getting away from your question. No, I apologize, fine. but. Most games you got to go to do what you do and what you do best. Some games are separate teams like a Griffin, like a St. Rita's, like the Loyola's, like the, the Altoffs, that, that are so good at something that they do take things away. Yeah. And how do you combine your two? We couldn't, we, we weren't going to come out and throw it 50 times, right? Um, so it, it's how do, we, how do we come into a game plan? How do you keep the ball away from? Them? How do you keep the momentum away from? Them? How do you, but still get first downs and still get big plays? Yeah. The, you the year before, what happened was 
yeah, I got a big play guy, but man, I we probably didn't get like man, he was getting six, seven a chunk. Uh-huh. Problem, it was too many carries. It was not looking back now. Again, it was one of those rare things that didn't happen. I think he was at thirty carries or something. Well, that was man, that's the most he had ever had. Right. Because usually he'd score in three plays, so maybe his max carries was twenty. Well, he was. They were just taking him long enough where. Especially in week 13. And Keaton, same thing. Keaton, you know, yeah, the, the the game he ran the most was game one against them. And then we really haven't had to use him again until last week. So I was like, man, I had to keep some carries off of his yeah. head. And and PG's really not a running back. He can only have so many carries on his head. And, and so then you got to throw the ball a little bit just to – so there's so many things that go into it when you, uh, you know, you start – Evaluating on Monday and Tuesday right. of how are we going to attack this and um, all those things are going through my head and, and like I said, some of it you don't think about was hey the personnel if someone gets hurt and a lot of that's a depth thing it's a it's a but a lot of it's on me too. So when you look at speaking of numbers and you know when it comes to quarterbacks, people I feel like go to you first. I mean, what do you have to say about Ty Lott and what he's done these last two years? Because I mean. He doesn't have that many offers at this point, and I just don't understand why. Yeah, he man, he's amazing, you know, and he kind of, man, he really, you really look at that game. I mean, it could have went at 28-0 and then 35 set, whatever it was. I mean, it could have went either way. I mean, you're a touchdown probably away from it being over. Oh, yeah. And that kid, man, kind of took over, at least from the running game side point. You know, I think it took, he, it took him a while to get hot. Um throwing but but passing he didn't have a ton of time he didn't and running wise man and he really just made plays with his feet and that that says a lot about him and in, in, in big games um yeah it's crazy you know he's he's a he's such a good athlete you could tell he's matured he's he's man he's a big kid uh you see him on the basketball court i mean how even if he's not a quarterback gosh how he's not a, a receiver free safety i mean at his size i mean uh, yeah someone will take a chance on him and he'll you know he deserves it and man to have the two years he's had and um you know he he deserves a full ride somewhere you know even if hey quincy ambrose i mean i maybe even a one double a you right. know i think he'll get that i think you know it's it's with the transfer portal it, Things are really going to change recruiting wise, and with especially with a kid like that who is kind of a tweener. Uh-huh. You know, he's kind of, you know, is he a one double A kid? Is he a D two kid? Um, those kids, it's going to take a little bit longer, I believe, now than maybe even two or three years ago before COVID, right. just because of this transfer portal, just because of all this stuff is because now everyone's going to wait and say, "Oh, is can I get this kid from Nebraska? That's a third string quarterback." Right. Um, and so he, you know, I hope he's patient. And he, he's a, like I said, he's a great quarterback. I know dad loves him. If dad loves him, that means he's a good kid, does things the right way. And he's a winner. Hey, he, he, he wins. And uh, when they needed him the most, he was, you know, when something was not working as well as it usually does, he went to plan B in his feet and made plays with his feet. You know, that one drive, I think it was all him. I mean, just yeah. run, 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 and touchdown. And man, got him back in the game. And, um, so, yeah, it says a lot about him and, and the person and player he is. Where do you put this SHG team in terms of what your dad has had? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people ask me that. 
I guess we can't. Really yeah, no, it's until, it's until I, I, you break well, and and I think that's unfair. You know, I think that twenty twenty team as well. I think you have to. Put oh, I think I think the twenty twenty one or the I think that team. I think the Brenheisen team. And I think the I actually think the Eric Peterman team, who did not that that senior group, I do think that was one of the best. But I think that that twenty twenty team and the Brent Heisen team okay. are probably the two all around best teams. Best defense without a doubt is nineteen ninety five. I'll argue with anybody <laughs> to my dying day. And they're gonna laugh. They're often say sucked, but they didn't suck. But they weren't great defensively. That I because I had to do scout team. Right. Yeah. It was no. There was nobody close, and it was vicious all the time. And uh, but offensively, they weren't great. I think this team's. They are great in certain spots. You know, they they do. I mean. Um, but this team, if they win it, I think they're up there. They're up there in the conversation, right? Yeah. Um, Going undefeated? Man, a lot of – like, yeah, so many things. I mean, there's um, – hey, like any team, there, there's some things they got, you know, that – but, man, talent-wise, 7-on-7, seven seven, it, they're, they're spooky. Yeah. You yeah. know, they are um, – it's a – I don't know if he's ever had – like his eighth and ninth guy are like, holy cow. You know, they got like five running backs, yeah. you know. Um, it, it, so the talent, the people that aren't even playing receiver and, and, and running back, it's like, holy cow, you know. So um, they're doubt, they will definitely be up there, let's put it that way. But I, the all-around team, that 20 team, and, and Bobby Brenheisen's senior year team, just all around, every position, depth, Eric Peterman's team was really, really good. And yeah. part of that was because of Eric Peterman. He's one of the best I'd ever seen. And the 95 defense was the best defense yeah. I'd ever seen for sure. Um, for for SHG and for Williamsville, how different is this week compared to the other 13 in terms of what they have to do, um, yeah, preparation, it's, everything? It's great. That's a great question. It is tough because, number one, the kids are so excited. Number one, it's Thanksgiving. You're only school two days. Beautiful thing. Then you multiply that with we're going to state championship. Then as coaches, you probably have a little bit more on your plate than you ever do. Like today, I think they just say calls and they had this long conversation. You guys send in all these sheets. The AD wants to know how many buses you need. It's a it's and you're all and really it's like hey, I just got a game plan. I got to get ready for this yeah. thing. Let me let me be. But it's a short week. That's the other problem. These guys got to go from Saturday. At least the Williamsville does Saturday to Friday, which both teams do. But it is hard, and then you got to get your kids when you sit them down Monday at, after school and you start practice. It's like, hey, I want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy. But this is also a business trip. Yeah. We got to get focused. It's football, and then obviously with Thanksgiving being off, you get that multiplied, and so it's it is a tough week in a lot of ways because it's a lot of fun. But it's also tough on the coaches' um, preparation time-wise, and then also getting the kids ready to realize, hey, this is a business trip. Let's go. You know, yeah. you can't eat so much on Thanksgiving. You can't eat like a crazy maniac, right? Um, there's a lot of little things like that that we've we've gone over and we've thought about, and, and I've been blessed to be at some. So I've kind of wiggled my way through those yeah. each year and said, "At it, man! I got to do this better. We got to do this." Um, and uh, and the great thing about these two schools is they've been there and done that. Right, and right. so 
it's it's the people that go on the first second time and they really man you know they struggle a little bit I think and there's teams I've, I've we went I'll never forget the Phillips team the first time when they first got into that I I, I went from being very scared to thinking we got a shot just by the way they walked in and looked and it was like they were in Oz you know <laughs> and you can't prepare a team for that that's just kind of you feel man there's like nothing that. anyone says well, what do you got to do and I said man you, there's nothing. Being through it's one thing. The coaches being through it's big. The you got to be disciplined. There's got to be timelines. There's got to be things that you have ready to go. And both, I mean, Coonsie's the best, you know. And in terms of prep, Dad's yeah. the greatest. I mean, they're those guys. Yeah. They've been through it, done it. They're gonna have it prepared. So that's the least of those two concerned at all. Um, but it, it is. There's a lot. I can see where a lot of other people struggle because you don't. First time, first time we went, we were out in the cold way too long. But I wanted the kids to experience. Everyone, oh, you need to experience it. You need to, and you yeah. do. But there's also, it is, <laughs> you know, winning's fun, and I, I've realized that. That I think Brad said that it is a business trip. Yes, that it's it's gonna be fun. It's something to remember the, the rest of their lives, win or lose. But it it's fun winning. And you have to do what's best for them to win. You just can't go out there and watch the games in the cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. what I, well, I, I won't say the guy who told me that. It's like, man, it was the stupidest thing I'd ever done. It was like, you know, and and, um, and we didn't play well that game. We won, thank God. But we didn't play well. And um, so it's a, it's an interesting week just from a, because it's Thanksgiving week, you only have two days of school. Um and the little things, I, one thing, they both are blessed is they have turf now. We didn't. How do you get to a turf field? How do you practice? Yeah. How do you? So there's a lot of places that have a lot of different things they got to wiggle through. And I think, like you said, until you experience it, like you just, you don't know what to prepare for. Like, I think we see it in any sport. And now, you know, when we give them the all-access cameras, you can kind of see a behind-the-scenes of that, too, where just little things like showing up to a practice facility or showing up to, you know, your hotel or your or the actual venue, it's like, where do we go? How do we get in? What, Locker rooms, the, the littlest things. Just the littlest things can, trainers, can be time? an hour-long thing that, that it adds stress to the kids, it adds stress to the coaches. And it's like, this one's in Champaign. Both of these staffs have so. been there. And they, I mean, they're... You know, they've been there, done that. Yes, it's, they know it's a business trip. It's it's awesome. Enjoy it. But at the same time, they know how to make sure that those kids understand 100%. What, what's going on. And at the timeline, the trainers and the trainers and coaches, I'll tell you the worst thing, sideline passes. I mean, you talk right. about and the IHS, they could <laughs> jack up anything from timelines to passes. I mean, if if things that should never be a problem are a problem with them yeah. and a problem for schools and and. Sideline passes, like I have to sit in the stands for my dad's game. You know, it's the stupidest thing, but it's freaking them. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it's just they. Don't tell Matt we can get you a sideline pass. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, they'd all hell would break loose if I was down there. Um, like I'm gonna help him. You know, not that they, he doesn't need help. You know, it's like that's <laughs> yeah, like the, your dad or and they don't. Allison, they don't want to tell me the play. You know, they know and they know I know, but. You, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, come on. I mean, people are so stupid. and, and um, it's But the, the timelines, the sideline passes, there's so many little things that are so jacked up and they shouldn't be. Yeah. It should be a time of enjoyment for everybody. And, and, and yes, there has to be rules and things, but it, it's like, come on. It's, I've been through too many of them, seen too many bad things you know, happen. Um, 
just kind of leading into that conversation of you you being there on Friday night. Um, it's your dad's final game, his 500th mm-hmm. game that he's coached, which, I mean, you talk about writing a, a script, it's insane. And Providence. I mean, people don't understand. I mean, that Providence, I mean, that was our first state championship. Yeah. I mean, that was... That was a game we were up 10 with two minutes, and my brother, I was out there. I was playing. My older brother, Phil, was a senior. My brother, Christian, who's basically my brother, you know, the fullback, and, and I mean, meet your own, JC. I mean, that, I mean, you look at, I mean, that was it, and that was his, that, if you probably ask him his worst loss, I, I bet it's 1 2, and I, I wouldn't know. It's that 1 1, and two's Peterman. The yeah. Jacksonville game, but I guarantee the one is that Providence game. And so to be playing Providence, five, I mean it, it's kind of spooky, actually. The, yeah, yeah. I mean for that to happen that way, it's nuts. It's. I thought it was Joe Lake Cat. It's kind of like how hey, you think, like when we're up twenty-eight zero. I think I'm thinking, you know, I'm happy, but I'm thinking, geez, what the, what's going on? <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you just don't write it that way, and then. And, and then you think Jolie Catholic's going to be the team, and they end up getting beat by a, a Providence team, and and it's just funny, five hundredth game, at a, you know, and and it's just, I mean, God works in awesome ways, and um, right, like you can't deny that this this is crazy, happen. this is crazy. Like, if they're up, if they're up ten with three minutes, I'll probably, I, I probably don't know what I'll do. I'm going to be <laughs> thinking, oh my lord, and hopefully they're up more, uh, but it's going to be a great game, so. But yeah, just I mean that probably people don't know that that was that was the first one. That one was I promise you his toughest um, because we were all involved. We had it won. Yeah, he loves that group. That was the one group. I mean that and that's twenty five years ago. Yeah, however long twenty seven years ago at the at his that's going away time. party. That's that was by far the most people. The kids were there. Was yeah. the ninety five team and. Um, so that that was just that was so much. I mean, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's nuts. So, and so on Friday, as you're watching him coach his final game, I mean, what are the emotions for you going to be like? Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna. It's interesting. I think we'll be. I think I'll be so in the. I hope he wins. I, I watch it. You know, I. I don't know. I haven't. It's crazy. I haven't even thought about it until the end of the game. Friday, I haven't. I mean, yeah, I think about it, and it was in the back of my head, but I don't. I don't think about it, um, and I don't think about it like that. I think it's how I, I am, yeah. partly, and because um, I was pissed at the end of the game about stupid things, and uh, you know, um, and then the man once the game blew, it was like boom. It was like it hit me, like this is it. Yeah. And so I had to go from competitor to son real fast, and uh, and still be. Sad. I mean, I was devastated for our kids because they played their freaking. Right, there's out. so many hats that you're wearing. So, so many, many hats, and so my emotions were literally thirty seconds, minute by minute, at times. Yeah. Of how do I handle this? How do I? Yeah. And it was hard, and uh, glad it's over. Um, but it it'll be interesting. I'm just proud of him. I just take it. I'm gonna try to soak it in as much as I can that day and enjoy it. And he'll still be around. He's still gonna, you know, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so he's gonna be, not be the head coach of Griffin, which is gonna be so strange. But he'll be around and he'll he'll stay in football. I know somehow, some way. And um, yeah, just man, the 500, the story, and his his what he's meant. I mean, Brad said a lot of that. We want. I mean, it's it's extraordinary. 
it's more than any coach, any any school, at any. I mean, his reach is so far more than people even know. Yeah. Um, from how he coaches to schematically to how he handles his. I mean, just the littlest things which have, have carried on to me, which have carried on to other people, and it carried on to his assistants and his old players. Um, it's 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 crazy, and it's um, yeah. I'm just gonna soak it in. I don't know. I, I hate to say it. I don't know. I mean, I probably get emotional at the end of the game, but man, you know, during it, you're just trying to win and hope. Hopefully, they yeah. win, and you know what I mean. That's all you're uh-huh. thinking about. It's again, it's that coaching hat that's yeah. always on. To have SHG playing. First state title on Friday and Williamsville playing first state title on Friday. I want to touch a little bit on Williamsville. I know you obviously don't get to watch them play, but um, for Aaron to be back here again after winning it in 19, um, for what they do in the conference, obviously they didn't win the conference this year and that's going to bother them. Um, But if you look at his numbers and what he's doing over there and the facilities that they built, um, what's your, I mean, what just your thoughts on that program, what Aaron's doing, what, what, where Williamsville's at in terms of football, because they keep growing. They're going to sneak into 4A here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, first of all, he's one of the best that does it. I mean, and, and he's uh, one of the best football coaches, but he's also one of the best people. Someone I respect D- truly. Um, you know, there, there's certain guys in this area that you really just care and respect, and you listen to what they say, you, you, you follow what they say, and he's one of them. And then Patty on the defensive side, who I played with, was my left tackle. Yeah person I, he just he's an awesome guy Derek Smith's one of the best offensive minds um, and they just do it the right way I mean there's you, there's there's a lot of people that win and it's not like it doesn't mean it's the wrong way it's just it's like eh, I don't know if I'd ever do it that way right. you know or, or eh, he's a phony or this or that those guys and Aaron Coon specifically has has done more for that town and more for that football program and he just does it the right way and um so you're so I'm so happy for him every time, and obviously I mean they're so successful, right? Um, and uh, you know they got me. It's going to be a tough game. I know that. And yeah. They've, uh, you know, he's uh, he. If anybody can pull it off, though, it's him. You know, and they they're going to. I promise you, they give IC everything they got, and they're going to come at him. They ain't going to back down, and um, that group's going to prepare like they should. They're going to be ready. You know, what I mean, they're going to do. They're going to do all the things right. And um, he's gonna give him the best chance to win. And yeah, like what he's done for that town uh, of Williamsville is is truly, uh, you know, he's it. I mean, I don't for that for what that yeah. town's become. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, yes, Williamsville is a great town, and blah blah blah. What he's done for that place and for that community and how he's done it is he's numeral uno over there from a, what what that's become. Have you worked with? Um, Jake at all? I mean, at, at I have loved man. Kid's awesome. One of my, uh, he he is. I I remember thinking I'd love to have that kid just because man, he is a winner. He's got a good. He's got every tool. Now, hey, is he? You know, hey, he's a little undersized. His arm's good, very good. It's not great, but there's nothing. He's like the five tool baseball player. Yeah, he's got it all. You man, he's intelligent. He's a good athlete. Heck of an athlete. Yeah. Can, Starting point guard can throw the, the ball. Yeah. He's accurate. Um, man, he listens. You can tell he's a good leader. He's a good person. Um, man, he's one of those guys. Him and the Chatham quarterback, the the Jacksonville quarterback, mm-hmm. obviously Keaton. Those are the kids I had at that camp. 
the route kid was really good, you know, and, and uh, man, they were, it was a really good group last year, and you could tell, man, and he was right up there with Elijah and all of them. It's like, man, this, this cat's a player, you know, and um, the Effingham quarterback was there, which was, a, yeah. he was a great kid, um, senior too, and so, man, it was, but he is a special He's the type of kid who can win you a state championship, and that's, right. I believe, I mean, he kind of, I watched that Tulano game, I think he kind of won it offensively, he kind of, the same thing as, as Ty did, he kind of just took it over, and, and when they needed big plays, he made it, because, um, hey, it doesn't always go, when you're playing, that's what people don't understand, in these, in these elements and, and games, you're going to have some bad games, you're going to struggle, there's going to be a team that matches up with you, you know, physically or, or athletically, and those kids take over just like Ty did, just like Keaton did, and and just like he did. And, uh, man, he, he I think he put them on their back and, you know, offensively got got the job done when they needed it. The type of kid that you want in a state championship game when you're the underdog, knowing, like you said, he's got the right attitude. And, and, yeah, he's a you winner. Know, you, you can talk about the tools and how talented he is, but there's something to be said, I think, just about – the type of kid and the type of leader you have leading your team in that type of a game. That's huge. It's it's everything. It's the Nick Baker. It's the um, Eric Peterman, Bobby Brandheisen, Tim Donneville, you know, uh, Robbie Kelly's. Uh, the You go through all those people that we've – I mean, great, I'm missing a ton. But you look at those attributes and, and, and those people's – what they brought extra to the table. And in the state championship game, you need that extra – Right, because you know IC's talented. You know they're physical. You know Providence is physical, athletic. They're they're going to match those teams. They're going to match Griffin in all those aspects. What takes it to the next step? You know, is it is it is it the quarterback? Is it great plays? Hank against St. Rita. I promise you, we play that game a certain amount of times. That game's closer, and maybe we even lose. Yeah, but we had the best player on the football field. You know, and yeah. he made the best plays at the biggest times and. <laughs> Um, now Clay had to get it to there. There's a lot of things that went into it, right? But when we needed it, he was the guy. Nick Baker, the last drive. When we needed it, he just did made it. it happen. He made it happen. Williamsville in that last drive of that one game. McCormick, yeah, yeah, you just know, that type of kid. Just winners, just people that that bring you through at the end. Bobby Brenheisen, and, and you go through all these kids that. Um, it's it's that extra thing, and I think those that kid definitely has it. Now, hey, sometimes. Sometimes you're outmatched, right? Keaton, Keaton, Keaton would be def- 100% in that category, that oh, yeah. talk. We, yeah. we got outmatched. You know, it's sometimes that there's nothing, you know, people sometimes overblow that. And it's also like, you know, I've seen some of the best performances in regular season games or teams that, you know, losing teams. You're like, man, that kid was, that was one of the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so some of that gets lost too. But they, they, they both got guys that can do that for those teams and they can pull this off. Well, I, I don't even know. Obviously, I know IC is good. I know Providence is good. I don't know who the favorites are. They both got kids on those teams. I know senior-oriented that can pull it through for them. All right, last one. Just want to make sure that we don't miss anything in terms of you talking about your dad and, and him being this is it. Uh, like you said, he's not going anywhere. He'll be around. Um, but at the same time, the, the story in terms of him being the football coach, head football coach, wraps up in a week mm-hmm. um, so I just want to make sure that we didn't miss anything on that no yeah he's uh, he's the best to ever do it I mean that's that's it and what a storybook 
you know, it ain't easy getting here. And so to everyone thinks, and man, to for this story to end how it's going to end on, on Thanksgiving weekend with the best that's ever done in the state of Illinois, and I would truly argue one of the best in the country to ever do it. He's done it the right way He's, as a father, as a coach, as a husband. Um, Cause I, I, and I can physically, I can say that cause I was there and, um, and I think you see it with our teams. I mean, you know, um, I, I'm, I am him, you know, in a way and how I coach is how I was taught and how I was coached and how he coached his coaches. Um, and, and look, and look at what we've done. And so, man, that's, that's a whole nother element of him. And, um, 500th game to be against this team and to be to make it here and to be who he is and what he's done for everybody. I guarantee you, if you if you sat down there and Coos, he, he you know, and obviously he had a great mentor in his father-in-law. But I promise you, probably the next. I mean, who he's really. I mean, they're at every clinic. They're at every, and they they've always learned. Dad's always opened the door. Yeah, Moroa, Jacksonville, yeah. Grounds. You talk to anybody around here, and he's opened the door to them, even if they were their competition. Even if Brad Brad stated a lot of that, so I won't. I mean, what? How he opened the doors to everybody, yeah. and it didn't matter who you were. Now, if you were a jerk, then hey, whatever, you can go elsewhere. But, man, if you wanted to learn, if you if you came to him with said, I just want to learn, he never. A lot of these guys nowadays saying, I'm not giving you anything. We'll play you, you know, or I'm not telling you anything. And it was it's the total opposite. I'll never allow. I'll kind of end with this. Trent Dilfer, who uh, spoke at. You know, we've kind of got to know each other after the FCA clinic and um, kind of became friends, whatever. I said, hey, you got, we please come speak at my dad's clinic. This is the last one. He said, for sure. Um, and, and so he came and he was stunned. I mean, almost emotional. I remember we, we came home that night and uh, he said, I can't believe what it's like here. He said, this is your competition. He says, if this was Nashville, yeah. he says, everybody hates each other. Yeah. They don't share anything. They don't tell anything. He says, I can't believe it's like this. He says, I don't believe you guys get up and share these things with each other. That's your competition. And he was just stunned by that, that this whole Central Illinois, and it's Southern Illinois, it's Chicago, it's 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 the state of Illinois. If you were in the spread or you're doing anything like that, it originated from this, Dad. I really believe that. Yeah. You know, I don't care what anyone says. Yes, it was Urban Meyer. But I'm telling you, he was the original and then he was the real one that really opened the door in the state to, hey, if you want to, this is what we're doing, this is what we, you know. And, and so that's a great way to put it, I guess. And, and he was just, I mean, he was just taken back by it, that that all these guys were so friendly with each other and cared and shared. And, and uh, man, we were just, just the hospitality, I guess. And uh, so, and that's that, to a nutshell. And I think we're, I think we're going to miss that and lose that and, um I'm glad because it's over from a competition standpoint. I just, man, he's, like I said, it's been tough on him, on us. and um, But it's also been, how great has it been for this? I think this rivalry is probably the number one in the last, if you talk about every game, I mean, every game meant something. Yeah. Every game was something. Conference, championships, playoffs, every game meant something. And those kids delivered on both sides every time. You know, it wasn't like it was for third or fourth place ever. It was never for a you know first round playoff game. I mean, it was always the thing. Yeah. And for four, 12 years, four, 15 games, whatever it was, straight. I mean, for him to be a part of that, and 
I mean, that's what he, that, that's him. And um, so it's, uh, I hope he goes on top. If he doesn't, doesn't matter. He's still the best and uh, he's the best father, best, best coach, best husband, like I said. And he's taught so many the right way. And he's a good Christian man, and he's done it the way God's wanted him to. And, um, you know, I think that that'll tell his story from, for a long time past this game. But I hope he enjoys it. I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope Griffin realizes how lucky they are, and the city of Springfield realizes how lucky they are. Central State 8, um, because this has been – there will be a void, you know what I mean? And Allison's going to do a great job. But no matter what, just this Leonard thing, and it, it's going to lose – a little bit of it, you know, um, when he's gone. And so, um, but he's the best. He's the greatest to do it. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks to the GOAT, Derek Leonard, for his time and his insight. Always great stuff to talk to him. Now, one final note before you get out of here. The Central State 8 announced on Wednesday the addition of Quincy Notre Dame for football starting in the 2024 season. With Lincoln coming back in the conference in the 2023 season, the CS8 will still do crossover games with the Big 12 in 2023. And then in 2024, they will go to a 12-team conference with Q&D, and they will have two divisions. The West Division will be Sacred Heart Griffin, Quincy Notre Dame, Springfield High, Lamphere, Southeast, and Jacksonville. The East Division will be Rochester, Glenwood, Lincoln, Normal U-High, Decatur MacArthur and Decatur Eisenhower. The first two games of the season will be non-conference games for all teams, and then they will play division games, and then they will play two crossover games between the divisions based on records. Not only does this give Southeast, MacArthur's, U-Highs, all those teams that are always scrapping for five wins, a chance at five wins to make the playoffs each year with the two divisions, but it also helps SHG, Rochester, and Glenwood, the perennial top three teams in the conference, because they can go schedule tough non-conference games. Maybe Glenwood schedules a Quincy, the team that they saw in the first round this year. Maybe SHG plays Joliet Catholic every year. Maybe Rochester goes down and plays Trent Dilfer's team from Tennessee helping them prepare for the playoffs and bringing more playoff points to the conference. As for Q&D, it's a great fit. Yes, Quincy is 90 miles from Springfield, but I don't care. They are a great fit and they will compete. Jack Cornell has done some amazing things already. He's building an incredible program and they aren't scared of anyone. A 12-team league for the CSA in football is coming in 2024, so get ready for some more fun. All right, finally and most importantly, probably should have led with this. Happy Thanksgiving. I am so thankful for my wife, Erin, my two kids, Parker and Mason, and my entire family, my brothers, Dawson, David, and Daniel, my mom and dad, and just the whole family. Thankful, thankful, thankful for all I have. Thankful for you guys for listening. I'm thankful for a wonderful community that supports Channel 1450. I'm thankful for my boss, Kevin O'Day, for allowing me to do what I do, and thankful, of course, for the Kansas Jayhawks. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and get ready for state championship football on Friday. I'll see you next week.